Welcome to the Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Ali Ringer. I am the founder of Recovery Life Coaching, a writer, and a recovering codependent. This podcast is a dedicated space to discuss all things codependency and toxic cycles. It's here to spread awareness, hope, and conversation around these traditionally tough topics. My goal is to use my story, along with the stories of others, through conversations to talk about these things, to talk about what has worked for me, to talk about what has worked for others, and to be able to share tangible tools that you can use in your own recovery journey, and also to show you, you aren't alone. Today's guest is Kate from Elevate.Integrate.Therapy. The periods are important, just like in recovery. And today I'm so excited to have her on because we're going to be talking about shame and limiting beliefs. And I don't know about any of the listeners out there, but this has been a big theme in my own recovery process. So I'm so excited to hear Kate's story, her experience, and any words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement she has for all of us today, myself included. So thank you, Kate, so much for being on the recovery podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Ali. And I'm really excited to be here. Um, I am a mental health coach and hypnotherapist, as well as a clinical counselor. And those three titles really do embody the me at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, Amazing titles, like so fun. (laughs) Those three things. They are, they're really fun. And I spend a lot of my own time practicing a lot of the um, rituals and techniques that I offer my clients and yeah, they just bring me so much joy and there's so much room to explore and grow. So of course I'm more than those titles, but I really, that is me like 90% of the time. It's amazing. I love that. And what a cool place to be in. So I'm excited to hear, like, take us back a little bit, like before you were wearing these three amazing hats and kind of how Mm -hmm. you came into this role without, I mean, talking about shame and limiting beliefs, like limiting beliefs tend to hold us back so much in life, you know? So I'm sure that's something that you had to work through to be able to claim these three amazing titles as confidently as you just did. Yeah. So when you asked me for the theme of my recovery story, it was very easy to identify that because while there's of course a lot more in it, shame and limiting beliefs have been very central and they were both like the barrier and the catalyst for my change as, they, <laughs> so cool. as, yeah, as often the case. And yeah, so going back, like even, yeah, going back 10 years would be when I was really starting to delve into this work. I was around the time I was starting to do my undergrad. So starting to dip my toes into my own uh, work uh, as a client in therapy, starting to explore my own patterns, beliefs. And truly, it just is something that has evolved over the years. And I don't think things really clicked as to how blatantly clear and obvious my limiting beliefs were still wreaking havoc in my life. Um, it didn't become crystal clear until I started doing hypnotherapy, which was only a couple of years ago. 
And I feel like the, my growth really excelled when it became that obvious that these things were happening on happening on a subconscious level. So no matter how much behavioral change or like other surface level changes I did, these limiting beliefs were really still showing up for me and yeah, causing me to self-sabotage, causing me to play small in a lot of ways. I just got goosebumps because, you know, like you said, we sometimes can be feeling like we're doing all of the things. Like you're like, literally like I could do nothing else and I'm still feeling stuck. And so can you go into a little bit more of how these subconscious limiting beliefs can kind of keep us in that stuck place? Absolutely. So it can be really confusing when you're doing things that you know you don't feel good about or like on a conscious level you wouldn't probably choose. And I was in that space for a long time. Maybe in the grand scheme of things on a long time, but it felt like a long time, right? Really? In my early early 20s, like probably from when I was, you know, 17 to 24, 25. Yeah. And it got less and less towards the end, but it was still there and yeah, there was drinking, there was you know, being in relationships that were not supportive and staying in them, there was being really aggressive because I didn't know how to just say no to things or to assert my boundaries. And so again, rather than just being in alignment, being congruent with my own values, I one didn't have any clue what they were. I had no sense of what was actually happening. And it was showing up. The way I describe it is it was coming out very sideways. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's really, really, really neat. And so once you started, you know, doing all this work, as you mentioned, in so many different ways, and then you got to the hypnotherapy, like what, when was that moment that you realized that these limiting beliefs were holding you back? Like, how did that show up? Um, I feel like there's been so many of those moments. And I just feel like each time it's either it's like a reminder, it takes me like to another deepened level. And, you know, even as we were preparing for this podcast, something that just clicked for me was a lot of my focus of my therapeutic work has been supporting clients with substance use issues. And I've definitely not had healthy relationships with substances, and that's why I don't really use them. But what really just clicked for me was addiction is often one of the most, you know, or can be a very common symptom of shame. And I realized that that's probably why I serve that community so well is because I really can relate to the way shame can, again, it can either be a catalyst and a really good informer, or we can really succumb to it. And it can be like something that debilitates us. And I think shame can be such a, um, it can be such a hard emotion to describe. So I don't want to put you on the spot at all, but if for our listeners, you know, you could expand a little bit, either Mm -hmm. personally, how you felt experienced shame or how you see shame experienced in your clients, just to give some perspective, if anyone might not currently realize they are even experiencing that. Yeah. So the, you know, the simplest way I would describe it is it's a pain, it's a painful emotion And it really is related to having done something wrong. Yeah. And very often, it's not just the doing something wrong. It really 
can be internalized as I am wrong. Mm, that was powerful. I got goosebumps. Yeah. That I am wrong, which like, you know, going to the back to the limiting beliefs, which I feel like we're just going to play a ping pong game with this whole conversation because they <laughs> are so intertwined. Like yes. that's a heavy limiting belief that you just said out loud. Yes, it is. And I think even as I've been doing my work and stepping out and advertising myself as a coach, there was a while where I wasn't showing up in certain ways. I wasn't wanting to grow. Again, I recognize I had this actual deeper fear that if I bring more attention upon myself, people are really going to start to see that I'm bad. And thankfully, because of where I'm at in this work, I was able to also recognize how ridiculous that was because you know, I was able to counter that with like, I am not bad. You know, this is like an old thing that has followed me around for so long. And at this point, there's no basis. And the scary thing was there was a time that because I felt bad, I did start to do, I'm like air quoting myself, bad things. Yeah. And how did that look? They're like, you know, even with the air quote, like, like yeah. what, how did that show up? Because I think these things yeah. are so important to talk about because with these limiting beliefs, like we don't realize how they like with the confirmation bias, right? Like we feel yeah. these limiting beliefs and then we, by doing quote unquote, these bad things confirm them. And we're Correct. like, oh, this all makes sense. So I think <laughs> it is so important to like, if you're comfortable with it, share some examples of what that looked like. Yes. And it's like, my body is a little bit tingly, but yes, I totally am because, you know, it is important. We all are, are all human. And I have done a lot of work in grieving and, you know, reparation and committing to not doing those things and not being that person. Yeah. Um, and so they're distant enough now that it's like, I can speak about them, but yeah. So I was, you know, using substances in quite an unhealthy way in a way to seek external validation and gain a false sense of like acceptance and belonging. And it would go so far as to just really not being my authentic self and uh, cheating a lot in relationships yeah. and not just doing it, but really almost like relishing in being malicious in that sense, you know, like it got so far that that was like a source of like pleasure was not was just kind of like being sneaky and getting away with things which of course now even saying it feels so not good in my body right but there definitely was a time where I didn't want to give those behaviors up totally and it's it's interesting how sometimes in kind of like we were talking about that confirmation bias like we subconsciously seek that I don't even know what to call it, almost like a dopamine hit in a way, um, that because of these addictions that we form to these certain behaviors and honestly, these certain feelings that when we get it, we're like, yes, somewhere deep down inside of us, you know, and that's how we get stuck in these toxic cycles. So I really appreciate you sharing that because I can relate so much with my own codependency um, in my own abusive relationship, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, how would you keep going back? And I'm like, mm. you don't understand how good it would feel like the, the, yeah. the highs and the lows of the breakup and the makeup, you know, like that, I sought that feeling constantly. Um, and, and so I think with both these situations, you know, those limiting beliefs, those confirmation bias of like, this is what I deserve. I'm not good enough. I'm wrong. I'm, you know, something's bad with me. It's, it's just so interesting how this becomes a cycle of, of really holding ourselves back and keeping ourselves small in life. 
Absolutely. And you're right. It really is a cycle and it's like hard to know where it first begins, right? Like once you're in that loop, because Mm -hmm. it is like, I then remember, like I was doing those things. And then of course I was also surrounding myself with actually people who often would like give me feedback, like referring to me as a bitch. And rather than like, now I say that I'm like, well, don't hang around people who don't see you and love you, but totally. <laughs> I would continue. And then it's like, okay, I'm a bitch. And so I'd act right. like a bitch or, yeah. and it really is this cycle. And then the belief gets reinforced and then it just can take over everything. Like I think about all of the energy that went into sustaining these unhelpful habits, the drama, the like false, again, the false sense of excitement mm-hmm. and thank goodness I got out. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of want to, you know, like go back to, you had said earlier and I made a note of it that you had to start like counteracting these beliefs. So how did you start to process that and end this cycle? Yeah. So it's really interesting because one of my beliefs now is like, I really do just kind of trust in the universe and it's really interesting because how I got out of some of those cycles was like, I still found the out that I needed. It was just rather than saying, hey, I need to exit this relationship. I need to exit these friendships. I need to exit these habits. I kind of took the long, treacherous road of letting all of my relationships crumble. And then finally being like, oh, now I've exited them all because I've like literally burnt them all up. In <laughs> yeah. I laugh because like, I'm like me too, you yes. know, in a way. And I laugh because now like, you know, in my own coaching practice, I tell clients, like I took that path. You don't have to like, yes. let me lead by example mm-hmm. that you don't want to go down that and you can do it the hard way. And then yes, that's mm-hmm. a way out, but let's not get there. So I just love that. That was your yes. experience too, because it's like, that's why we're coaches now, you know, like, let me show you a different path because that path you just described, although we can laugh at it now, I'm sure it was really painful while you were walking it. Oh, it was. And I caused myself, you know, I, I did, I jeopardized some extremely precious and valuable relationships in my life. Like there's some that ended that, okay, they needed to end, but mm-hmm. I jeopardized a relationship with really dear friends and family. And so, yeah, if you can take the other path, And without going off on a different tangent, like that's where, you know, your values and boundaries and assertive communication really do become so important in stepping out of those cycles. Yeah. Like building that toolbox. And I mean, if you don't mind going into some of those things you just mentioned again, Mm -hmm. you know, with in as tools for any of our listeners who might be feeling like, oh shoot, I'm listening to this podcast and I am identifying. How do I (laughs) get out of this? Not the hard way, the easier route. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's like, if you were engaging in any of those, like what I'm going to refer to as like sideways behaviors, you know, really take some time to reflect on why, like, why are you engaging in these things? What are you avoiding? What are you trying to mask or what needs or sense of fulfillment is missing. Yeah. And again, you're, you're probably going to have to say no to some things. There's probably going to be some external change, but truthfully, and this isn't because I'm a coach, but I actually really believe like you'll probably want to have a therapist, a coach, someone on your side while you break out, because 
if you're really embedded in these cycles, it can be quite a lot. And that's how I did it. I had some really wonderful therapists and mentors who, you know, held up the mirror to me and held me accountable. That mirror is so, so, so important too. Um, So I think it's important that you say that because if we are like so stuck in these limiting beliefs that that mirror we're holding up for ourselves, like you said, tells you I'm a bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something wrong. And that's like the only mirror we have for ourselves. Like we got to get a new mirror, you know? So that's where new people who Mm -hmm. are going to support you and be accountable are so, so important. Yeah. What do you recommend for anyone who is really struggling with these, um, limiting beliefs? Like, do you have any advice on how they can begin to rewire those? Yeah, there's lots of ways. And I think, And again, I know it can be really hard when you, the limiting beliefs is that you're not good. You know, the natural response may be to then treat yourself unkindly or even punish yourself in, you know, varying ways, but to be kind, like, obviously the opposite is that, you know, I am good and you want to start to think, feel, and believe, act how a good person would and a good person treats themselves kindly so whether that be you know taking care of your physical health your mental health you know practicing self-compassion practicing positive self-talk eating well investing in yourself all of those things are really important yeah and like I you know I I know that this phrase that I'm gonna use can be controversial but I feel like it's a little bit of like faking it until Mm -hmm. you I don't want to say make it. I want to say believe it, you know? So if you're having a tough time feeling like you are a good person or you're worthy or you're valuable, or you can, you know, chase any wild dream that might feel impossible to you today, like keep showing up as that next version or, you know, Mm -hmm. that version you want to be would be showing up. And eventually you're gonna start to become that. And you're gonna, you know, not that you aren't already that, but you're really going to start believing like, okay, yeah, I have shown up and I am getting positive um, reactions from the universe and good things are happening. And you're gonna start to really embody those things that you wanna become. Absolutely. And just be, you know, when you mentioned the fake it to make it the way that I've, I've started to use it for myself and the way some clients have reported, they find it more digestible is like acting as if totally. I right? love that. Yeah. And it it's is a just a way to word it. it. It's like that difference. Right. So it's like, we, we see how the limiting beliefs then impact the thoughts and the emotions, our behaviors. So it's like, again, it's working in reverse and it is true. We can rewire our brain. We can change our, our ways of thinking. And we know that what we focus on is what we end up perceiving. So this is why we have to kind of start, even though we may not truly feel it, let it come in time. So powerful. And again, I love just that simple word change, like faking again, kind of sounds negative, you know, that could play Mm -hmm. into the like bad, wrong, not good. Mm -hmm. And then acting is like, we see that as positive most of the time, you know, like we say like act kind or act polite or like whatever, you know, it's not perceived as faking. And so I love how that simple word change completely rewires that thought. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great, you know, um, just sentence for anyone listening to kind of become their mantra through starting to work through some of this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I do want to dig into the hypnotherapy a little bit more. I personally don't know a lot about hypnotherapy. So I would just love for you to share, you know, how hypnotherapy can be a tool to not only work through shame and limiting beliefs, but beyond for anyone listening. Yeah. So the reason I love it is actually because like the conscious part of our mind, the critical mind, it quiets itself in hypnotherapy. And so that's what allows us to really get at the root, you know, where those limiting beliefs are kind of programmed in. And so we just become more open-minded, whereas like in a conversation with someone, if they were encouraging you to be more kind to yourself or to make some changes, it may feel surface level or like it's not going to actually stand out in your memory. Whereas in a hypnotherapy session, you are intentionally slowing down your brain waves and going into a trance-like state where you're hyper-focused, you're deeply relaxed, and you're able to create like a stronger association with the things being heard or offered to you. So they're easier to recall in your memory and they're going to get stored in like your longer term memory, which is why they're a good way to reprogram those like limiting beliefs that often have been there for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's so powerful sounding. And all, honestly, to me, because, you know, I'm totally into like all this kind of stuff sounds like so fun, you know, like, I'm like, Ooh, sign me up. Like let's dig into my subconscious and get to the bottom of this stuff. And it's relaxing. And I just get to like soak it all in. Um, it sounds like a treat. So do you have any advice? And I know, you know, you do this too. So feel free to, you know, offer or throw out what you offer in this regard, but any advice on anyone who's looking into hypnotherapy, but maybe they're scared Hmm. that, they don't know who to look for. They don't even know where to begin. And maybe they think they're scared. They might be taken advantage of being in that subconscious state. Do you have any advice so that they can get started? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I want to speak to is that place of like that fear being taken advantage of, which is in a hypnotic state, you're not giving yourself over. Like you are in a relaxed state where you're more open to suggestions but no one is going to be able to make you do anything you're not comfortable with or you don't want to do. So it's not like that TV version. I feel like everyone automatically thinks of when they think of being like hypnotized. It's not like that at all. And in terms of finding someone, honestly, Instagram is a, a good place. I know a lot of therapists who are also trained in hypnotherapy. I know there's a lot of people who just do the hypnotherapy training. And I've had sessions with people like that and they've done wonderful jobs. And I would like to search through there and find someone who whose voice you find soothing, who you who appeals to you and just connect with them. And actually what I shouldn't offer this in terms of other people, but what I will do for other folks is if they are uncomfortable, we can actually record the hypnosis so that they can have it to listen to after. So if they are concerned about like what happens during it, they of course can go back. And then the great news is like, It's like with any other practice, the more consistently you use something, the more effective. So we record it so then they can go back and listen to it almost like they would a meditation to really instill and like just enhance the effects. Yeah. And that's amazing because then they know exactly what they're getting into. And that's a great entry level way to get into it. 
And I love the Instagram suggestion too, like find who you align with. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really important when we're committing to this kind of work to not feel, I mean, there can be some level of apprehension because anything new can bring that up, but to really feel like I trust the person who I'm going into these deep practices with, it's great. And I'll just add one thing is like, even on YouTube, there are free hypnosis. Of course, I don't personally feel like they're as effective as when you're doing it with one person who's making specific suggestions that, you know, are in your own language, but you can still get a feel for what it's like. So that is another way to kind of bridge that gap. If it's feeling like completely brand new or even a little bit, you know, anxiety provoking. Yeah, that's amazing. And how do you feel like hypnotherapy versus like meditation are different? They're, so they're very similar. And if you have a meditation practice where you are really dropping into like an altered state, it is a form that is self-hypnosis. Okay. So it is a very similar thing. And the difference being that we take the state that you're in and we're purposely applying like an intervention where we're targeting something, where we're offering suggestions. And because you're in such a state, that's where the power lies. I love that. And I also love the idea, which just popped into my head as you were saying that as having like a guide, you know, like I love guided meditations too. And these still, in my experience, at least have been more general, even when they're guided. Um, But to have someone like tap into your limiting beliefs and guide you through those again, because I'm very into this kind of stuff. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds so exciting. And like, so helpful and such a powerful tool because, you know, even like you shared myself included in being a newer coach, like these limiting beliefs pop up all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're, they're just such a human, um, there's a human part of us that are, we have to work through, like you said, because the root of them often came long before we were even conscious they were a problem. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up that point because I still have that, like they still pop up for me and I'm still discovering new limiting beliefs at different times. And the difference is, is now I'm not like being ruled by them without having the awareness. I can see when they show up and I can choose not to respond to them, but that doesn't mean they still don't show up. Right. Or that they still create some emotion in me. It's just like a matter of, I now feel way more confident in my ability to choose how I want to engage with the world and they don't overwhelm me. Yeah. And I love that because it's so powerful when you go from almost like functioning in like a fog state, I'll just call it, um, Mm -hmm. where things, you feel like things are just happening to you. And then once you at least have the awareness to be like, Oh, this thoughts in my head, this is a limiting belief. And you even just have that awareness of it. It now becomes a choice of what you're going to do with it versus it like you said, controlling you. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, this was such a powerful conversation. And I love that we went into hypnotherapy a bit because even I'm like, I need to um, sign up for this like immediately. This sounds amazing. (laughs) But do you have any final thoughts or words of advice to our listeners who might be, you know, struggling with shame and limiting beliefs? Um, and maybe are looking for some first steps to take that we didn't touch on yet. Yeah. So I want to quickly share one experience that was really powerful and it ties into like those final words, which is a few weeks ago, I had these memories come up like very vividly of times. I again was not very kind to other people. 
And I, and my initial response was to kind of push them away. Like, well, I'm not that person anymore. I've done a lot of work around forgiving myself. I've moved beyond that. And then they kept showing up. So I was like, okay, let's lean into them. So I really let myself like be immersed in that memory. And what ended up happening was I was able to see that, yes, there is a part of me that can get to the point where I get so focused on myself, whether that be for a good reason or not, that I do have the capacity to be careless and unkind to other people. And it was this really wonderful reminder to almost like stay grounded so that that doesn't happen again. And so that would be kind of my final word, which is like, shame is painful. It also has the capability to really be a, like a guiding compass for you. So, you know, don't like run away from it. Let it give you that insight so that you don't feel it down the road so that you don't lose relationships because there is wisdom within it. I love that. It's so powerful. And it's just such a good reminder that sometimes we do just need to like sit in things a little bit Mm -hmm. instead of having that avoidance. Um, because when we sit in it and don't avoid it, we're actually able to process through it instead of getting stuck in that avoidance state. Exactly. So, so, so powerful. Again, Kate, I want to thank you so much for coming on the recovery podcast and sharing this with our listeners. I'm really excited for them to start thinking about these shame limiting beliefs and potentially hypnotherapy and other really cool tricks that they can, you know, incorporate into their own life, their own routines to tackle those. Um, and again, you guys can all find Kay at elevate.integrate.therapy on Instagram, um, and connect with her more there. Thank you so much for being on today, Kate. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Allie. Thank you so much for being here and supporting the recovery podcast. If you yourself would be interested in being a guest, please fill out the podcast interest link in my bio. My mission is to bring on all different types of women, different backgrounds, different recovery stories to share their own journeys. You also can follow me on Instagram at R-E-C-O-V period H-E-R period Y. Stay updated on the podcast plus free life coaching tips and updates from me. And don't forget, you are more powerful than you know.